0: You can be seated this morning. <clears throat> it's been a long long week. We've had our encounter uh, conferences. It was Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday. It's had a, such a great conference, such a great move of the Lord. Uh, Brother Lewis preached some of the most simple but yet profound messages that a guy could ever hear. and we just felt the presence of the Lord. You know, a statistic come out the other day and it just it just shook me. It just really alarmed me about the body of Christ in the 21st century. They say that the younger children and the younger generation of the 21st century church has never felt the tangible, weighty presence of God. And I just, I just can't even imagine that. The, the, the amount of times in my life where God has come down and manifested himself to me in many different ways and so strong of his presence that it just molded you into who you are today. And I was praying about our services. And I don't know if you want to continually keep believing with me or not, but I still believe we're a remnant church. And I still believe in the last days that God is going to moderately use this church for the furthering of his kingdom and for the glorification of his son. I believe, do you believe that with me? As I was doing my daily devotions and my study and preparing for sermons, and right now you're in trouble. I've got about five stacks of, 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 of papers uh, that's probably got about 10 sermons in it and I don't know how to put them together so I just try to preach them all at once how's that sound? Hallelujah but as I was studying just a little phrase came to me and I was going to use it in one of the sermons I'll probably be using it quite a bit and the Lord just spoke to me and he said Ken you know what I'm going to do at the palace? I'm going to give sinners grace but I'm going to give saints glory Hallelujah Folks, I don't know if you know what that means or not, but somebody ought to be up hollering right now. Woo! Thank God for the grace of God, but thank God he's still a God that can pour out his glory upon his church in these last days. I got a call the other day, or I called a friend, I should say, the other day, and was just checking on him. And he said, it's odd that you call because your state conference is coming up and I thought about coming down to the state conference and being in part, part of it. And I said, oh, my goodness, if you're coming, you're going to stay over and preach Sunday morning. And uh, he is a giant of the faith. He's been our overseer 19 years ago, I think. He uh, backslid and went to Alabama <laughs> and has been, <laughs> has been there ever since. He is the, what they call the grandfather of Alabama. He is so loved, and everywhere he goes, him and his wife, Gail Bristow, is just loved. And when they were in Missouri, uh, as our state overseer, me and him become best friends. We went to China together and spent times uh, in, in the mission field, uh, smuggling Bibles into China. Had some scary moments. I'll never forget one night about 11 o'clock in the middle of the night, I heard a knock on my door in a motel in China and I thought who in the world's knocking this late at night and I opened the door and it was him he said Kent Miller I know you and if you're and if you're the Kent Miller that I know you got food in this place somewhere (laughs) about to starve to death (laughs) the donkey and the cat and all that stuff didn't go over real well but nevertheless, I had about a suitcase too of Reese's peanut butter cups and, and some jerky. And, well, just say I had plenty for all of us. And uh, Brother Bristow is one of the greatest preachers, greatest men of God that you could ever meet in your life. He's still working uh, at the state office in Alabama. He's down there and his assistant to the overseer. He just won't quit. He just keeps on keeping on. And we love him and we appreciate him. Would you give him a great big welcome as he comes and shares the word this morning?
1: Please, the Lord. You may be seated. I'm very humbled by that, uh, those kind words, but uh, I appreciate it very, very much, and I'm honored to be here with you today as well. Uh, to, I've always uh, considered this one of the greatest churches in our de- entire movement, the Church of God, and uh, you have one of the greatest pastors that we have in our denomination, and it And one of the most beautiful facilities in our denomination as well, or any denomination as far as that goes. Brother Miller and Sister Jenny and their family, what wonderful leaders they are. And uh, we did bond when I was here serving uh, in the state, and we bonded, and that bond has held true ever since. Uh, We're not uh, able to be together a, a lot, but when we do, we have a wonderful time and enjoy the fellowship and encourage each other. And we spent a good bit of time yesterday uh, just sharing together and encouraging each other. And uh, I'm so uplifted uh, by uh, my uh, opportunity to visit here and be with you today. Praise the Lord. I love Missouri. Uh, I always have since the first day I arrived here. I remember when I was called backstage at the General Assembly, and one of the executive committee members said, you're going to Missouri. And I'd never been to Missouri, and I said, is that good? He said, it's wonderful. And he was exactly right. We had a wonderful tenure here and enjoyed it so very much and made wonderful friends. And God's good to us, isn't he? He is faithful to us. And Gail, this morning, she, she called me and prayed for me and then sent me a text. Uh, I'm, I'm praying for you and praying for the church this morning. So I want you to know somebody's praying for us right now. And she was unable to be here. They had a state ladies' meeting uh, yesterday, and she had to be at that. But she would have left to have been here as well. But anyway, I'm glad to, to be with you. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to get my legs under me here and uh, kind of walk through all of this before we get into the message. But uh, uh, what an honor. It is, and wow, how the Lord has blessed you! Look, this beautiful congregation—that's uh, the hand of God. That's the hand of God. Amen. And uh, I, I have found out one thing since I left uh, that last year: Gail and I bought a little farm and moved. And I've learned you don't wait till you're in your seventies to move. Uh, and, and to begin farming. And along with the farm came a little tractor with a little extra money, of course. And, and I didn't even know how to crank it. My son had to come over and teach me how to drive the tractor. So I'm becoming a farmer. Got a chicken house, but no chickens. And uh, so we're, we're kind of uh, easing our way along and easing our way through. If you have your Bible this morning, would you open with me, please? to the book of Psalms 136, 136th Psalm. I'm going to read scripture from this psalm, and I think it will appear on the screen. And uh, then after that, if you, if you have your Bible or your electronic device, we'll go over to Mark chapter 5 and do a kind of a case study of what we're going to talk about this morning. And I see many of you with your phones out. Uh, uh, several years ago, I, I'm not as tech savvy as some are, but I got up to preach and announced my text, text and there were some young people sitting down front and they whipped out their cell phones and I thought, I, I just about was, was to get irritated. I thought, they're going to sit there and text while I'm preaching. <laughs> and, and Gail said, honey, they have the scripture on their phone." And I said, okay, that relieves my anxiety for a few moments, (laughs) praise the Lord. Would you stand with us, please, for the reading of God's word? Now, thinking about what I would share with you today, I know there's revivals breaking out in different places across our country, and I thought, well, I'll I'll talk some about revival. That would be a great subject. And... uh, Then I thought, well, I'll preach some about the end times because people are interested in that right now and what's going on in the world, but the Lord spoke to me to talk to you today about the wideness of God's mercy, the wideness of God's, all these other things are very important, but for today, the Lord wants me to share with you about the wideness of God's mercy. Psalm 136, I'm going to read the first nine verses and uh, and just make a comment or two about the remaining verses. Follow with me, please. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. O oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. O oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever forever, to him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever, to him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever, to him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever, to him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever, the sun to rule by day for his mercy endures forever. And the moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. And it goes through the rest of this chapter and it talks about bringing Israel out of Egypt's bondage, crossing the Red Sea, facing uh, uh, the alien kings and king states that they had to fight and to go against, And every verse ends with, for his mercy endures forever. If it happened and it was good, his mercy endures forever. If anything good has happened in your life, it's because his mercy endures forever. And whatever happens in the 21st century his mercy will endure forever. Praise the Lord. Would you stretch your hand this way and pray with us, please? Heavenly Father, we acknowledge your presence in this house today. We're honored by your presence. And we thank you for your divine mercy. And we pray that you'll illuminate our minds today, that we might with meekness receive the engrafted word that is able to save our souls, smile upon us, cause your face to shine upon us, give us peace, we pray, and help us to leave with a greater understanding of the merciful God that we serve. We pray today you'd bless every person here. If there's a lost person, save them. If there's a sick person, heal them. If there's a person bound, deliver them. Whatever needs to be done, your grace is sufficient, and your mercy endures to all generations. We bless your name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this psalm that I'm using to begin this morning is a psalm of thanksgiving for the goodness of God. David gave this to the Levites, first Chronicles 16, 4 through 7. For them to sing every day, His mercy endures forever. A lot of things we can sing about, but He said, "I want you to sing every day." His mercy endures forever. And then in Second Chronicles chapter seven, Solomon uses this psalm or song at the dedication of the temple that he built, the beautiful temple of Solomon they sang the song and said his mercy endures forever. Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, was accosted by three kings uh, and their armies, the Ammonites and the Moabites and the people of Mount Seir and the report came to him, that there was a great force coming against him. And he was concerned and he began to pray and talk to God. And he said, Lord, you know we have no might or power against this great enemy. And matter of fact, he confessed. He said, neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you, amen. And when he prayed that prayer, the Bible said the Holy Spirit fell on Jehaziel and he came with a prophetic word and said, hey, you don't have to be afraid. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. All you've got to do is to present yourselves. All you've got to do is show up and the Lord is going to fight this battle. The Bible said that they went out to battle and he appointed singers to go before the army, and you know what they were singing? They were singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I wanna tell you that if you're facing a battle today, it would do well for you to simply stop and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Amen before the dedication of Solomon's temple. As they go to war, they sing this song and many commentators believe, according to um, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 30, where Jesus had had the uh, Last Supper with the disciples, the Bible said when it was over, they sang a hymn, and many believe that this is the hymn that they sang. The mercy of the Lord endures forever. Frederick Faber. Back in the 19th century, he penned these words. He penned several verses, but uh, this is the verse that leaps out to me, and I, I think there's been some songs that have come out of these verses as well, but his first verse was, there is a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea there's a kindness in his justice that's more than liberty. And when I read that and I began to think about the wideness of his mercy, amen. It just made my heart leap and rejoice. And I'm reminded of the words of the prophet Micah six and eight. And he said, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy? Do you love mercy? If you've ever needed mercy, you love mercy. Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with our God. Now, we've come to a time when there are some narrow-minded people who wanna limit God. They, 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 They want to put boundaries on God and limitations on God. But what I've discovered about God is God cannot be put in a box. You cannot put limitations on God. He is the sovereign God. He is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent. He will not be bound by man or by circumstances. He is the sovereign God, the creator of this universe. Man cannot limit him or control him or manipulate him. Can you say, praise the Lord? Now, I think some of it comes from maybe some misunderstandings of uh, the, the words of Jesus found in Matthew 7, beginning with verse 13, when he said, wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. And we've looked at those verses and thought, well, God's mercy's narrow. And he's just sitting on the throne waiting for you to step out of line where he can take a whip and beat you back into submission. That's not the mercy of God. Amen. But a lot of people have misunderstood this. But let me let me say this: many will choose the broad way. Many will choose the wide gate. Many will choose the way of least resistance. But I want to tell you that doesn't negate the mercy of God because people make bad decisions, because people make bad choices in their lives does not for a moment negate the wideness of God's mercy in this world. Amen. We've all grieved when we've seen people turn from the Lord and live a life that was ruinous and and a life of self-destruction and and brokenness, but I want to tell you uh, that that wasn't because God's mercy was limited. He was standing with arms open wide, saying, Whosoever will, let him come. Amen. And he is saying that to the Popular Bluff Church of God this morning. Whosoever will. Yeah. Numbers 14, verse 18. The Lord is long suffering, abundant in mercy. He's not gonna run out. (laughs) You know, there's not a limited supply. He's not gonna run short. He is abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity, and transgression, Psalm 105. His mercy is everlasting. And then in the New Testament, Titus chapter 3 verse 5 not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy has he saved us. I can't preach enough sermons. Amen. I can't go to enough prayer meetings. I can't do enough religious things to be saved. But oh great Lord if I just look to him and his great mercy and say Father have mercy on me. I want to tell you He opens his arms and welcomes us into fellowship with him. Amen. Book of Lamentations, I believe, written by Jeremiah. Some question that. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, we call him. In Lamentations, he he saw the city that he loved, Jerusalem, overrun by the Babylonians. And it describes. The funeral, if you please, of the city of Jerusalem. and Jeremiah looks at the city that he loved lying in rubble and in ruins, and he said, my strength and my hope perishes from the Lord. Verse 19, chapter three, remembering my afflictions and the roaring and the wormwood and the gall, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. He said, when I look at what happened to Jerusalem, when I see what the Babylonians have done, my heart sinks. You ever had one of those times? I've had those heart sinking times. You get overwhelmed with bad news. You've lost a loved one. You've got a terrible doctor's report, uh, or the banker says you're cut, you're, you're broke and uh, or you're bankrupt, and, and and a loved one has uh, has uh, something traumatic and dramatic has happened in their lives, and your heart sinks within you. That's what was happening with him. I look at this and he said, "My heart sinks. My hope perishes. My strength perishes." But listen he went on to say in verse 21. He said, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. He said, but I remember something else, and it gives me hope. And here's what he remembered. He said, through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. His compassions fail not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I want to tell you, that'll give you a revival. That'll renew your strength. That'll renew your hope if you'll just remember through his mercies we're not consumed. The devil thought he was going to take COVID and destroy the church. Amen. The devil jumped on board with it and tried to use it to destroy the church, but he has failed. The church is still marching on because through his mercies we are not consumed. His compassions fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's give him praise in this house.
2: Hallelujah.
1: Whatever you're going through right now, you may be under the most severe attack you've ever been under. Don't forget, through his compassions, we're not consumed. Devil, you may attack me, but you can't consume me. Because his mercies are new. Ever. When I got up this morning, his mercies were brand new, hallelujah. Lord, if I was 25 years younger, I'd jump off this platform and do a little shouting. Mark chapter five is a case study of the wideness of God's mercy. In that chapter, it starts, there's four personalities that I'm going to briefly mention. The first one is the demoniac of Gadara. The Bible said Jesus entered the ship and crossed the Sea of Galilee, came to a place called Gadara, and he was met there by this man who was possessed of legions of demons. And Jesus had commanded them to leave the man, and they came and fell before him. The men fell before him, and those demons said, we know who you are. You're the son of God. Have you come to torment us? I tell you, that makes me want to shout. He's tormented me enough. i like to torment him a little bit. Every time you say praise Jesus, every time you shout glory to God, you're tormenting the devil. You know that story. This man, let me briefly describe him. He lived among the tombs. He couldn't live in normal society probably had a fixation with death. He was suicidal, he would cut himself with sharp stones. And the Bible said no man could tame him. Perhaps they tried. And they said they couldn't bind him, it's in your Bible. He would break the chains asunder. He pulled the, now it wasn't his biceps or his triceps, it was the evil supernatural in him. that gave him the power to pull those chains apart. Here he is over here. But when Jesus landed on that shore, this man that you wouldn't want in your neighborhood, this man that you probably might not want in your church, this man that you wouldn't want to go to dinner with, you say he ought to be locked up somewhere. He ought to be put away when Jesus landed. The wideness of his mercy was demonstrated and Jesus set him free. And he's clothed and seated at the feet of Jesus in his right mind saying, let me be a disciple. Let me follow you. Don't give up on them. I don't care how mean they are, how far away from God they are. They may curse every other breath. They may do every kind of sin imaginable. You may be in your family. Don't give up on them. The wideness of God's mercy is more than we can understand and his mercy can reach to the most abject sinner that is in existence in the world today. Amen. There's a lot of preaching right there. I may have told you this before when I was here, I don't know, but when I was pastoring, uh, we had a Christian school in this, the youth pastor came to the door one day and brought this young lady in and he said, she's got a friend coming down from Chicago and he's possessed with 101 demons. And I'm thinking, who's counting? <laughs> and she wants to know if you'll talk to him when he comes down here, I said, sure I will. Well, we were in a major building program, and that event happened. I didn't know when it was. I didn't put it on my calendar, and uh, I was meeting with a banker that day and a, and a construction worker, and uh, knock on my door, and here was the youth pastor, and this young lady and this young man, and uh, well, the young man wasn't with me at that time, but they said, he's here and he's coming, and I said, well. I like to call his name my youth pastor. I said, Would you talk to him and pray with him? I'm, I'm so busy. Yes, Pastor. Well, a few minutes later, he said, Pastor, I think you better talk to him. In <laughs> he walked, muscled up. And I'm afraid to give the rest of the description. I might offend somebody. But uh, he came in, sat down. I said, son, I understand you're having some problems. You feel like you've got demons. He said, yes, 101, and one of them's wanting to manifest right now, and it's the spirit of murder. Now, I said, well, let me tell you something, son. There's not gonna be a show here today. I said, I read in this book here, the Bible, where Jesus suffered them not to speak. I said, if you want help, I'm gonna lay my hands on you in the name of Jesus, and if you'll call on him, he'll set you free. And I did so, and tears began to flow, and the Lord released him. Now, I don't know if he had 101 demons or any, but I know Jesus set him free that day. Hallelujah. (sighs) Wideness of his mercy. He got in the boat, Jesus did, crossed back to the other side of the sea. And he was met by Jarius. ruler of the synagogue. He was in charge of the synagogue service. He chose the speakers or readers who would speak and he would offer commentary on the scripture they read. He was, you're talking about religious. He was religious as anybody. I mean, he was in the synagogue every day. If that'll make you holy. He was in the synagogue every day from the demoniac on the left to the religious right. The most religious his friends were the Pharisees and Sadducees. But he come to a place in his life his little daughter was at home sick and dying and he found out religion wasn't going to help her. He needed the man, he he needed Jesus. He, he needed the man who was great in mercy and he came and fell down before him. That would be uncharacteristic for a ruler of the synagogue to fall in front of this Nazarene, but he did. And he said, hey, my little daughter's at home about to die. If you'll come lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and she'll live. And the Bible said Jesus went with him. What's the point? The point is over here is a demoniac, over here is the religious right and the wideness of God's mercy incorporated both of them. You know what? In our society, the demoniac would get more mercy from us than the man on the right, isn't that right? But both of them need mercy, not judgment. They need mercy, amen. Let me hurry on. I I don't see a clock anywhere. And my by the way, my watch quit yesterday. Needed charging, and I didn't have a charger. So if I get going too long, brother, can't do this, and I'll quit. As he started on the way, you know this story so well. Here's the third personality in Mark 5 who needed mercy, a little, little woman with an issue of blood who had been sick for 12 years, spent all her living, listen to this, all her living on doctors. One, one translation said she, she suffered many things at the hands of many physicians, grew no better, but continually grew worse. She couldn't touch other people. It was against the law, she had a blood disease. She could be imprisoned, she could be stoned. She was in isolation. She was depleted financially. She didn't have any resources, but she heard about Jesus. And she said, if I didn't touch the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be healed, and she made her way there, and there was a great crowd, the Bible said. They were thrown in Jesus, but somehow, some. and I wanna tell you something, when you make up your mind, there is nothing or nobody that can keep you from Jesus. You can blame the church, you can blame your husband wife, you can blame the hypocrites, but when you make up your mind, you want a touch from God, nothing or no one can stop you. Whatever you have to, if you have to crawl, if you have to just touch the hem of his garment, he'll receive you. She touched the hem of his garment and he stopped. And the Bible said he perceived that virtue had gone out of him. I'm with you, pastor. I believe there is an experiential presence of God that can be felt and experienced. He said, virtue's gone out of me. Who touched me? Disciples almost rebuked him. What do you mean, who touched you? people thrown in you and you wanna know who bumped into you? Now it's not in your Bible, but I believe Jesus would've said something like, she didn't bump into me. She was reaching for me. Now I've been to church when I bumped into him. I got up one Sunday, we were in that building program and just finished it, matter of fact, and I was empty and I said that to Gail, honey, I'm empty, I don't have anything to say, I don't even want to go. We got to the church. Then we still sat up on the stage and the choir started singing Waymaker. You remember that song? He's a Waymaker. Whoa, something began to stir and I bumped into him. And before, I was sitting there at first thinking, Lord, I, I can't even look at the people. don't have anything to say. And when they started singing, the Holy Spirit fell on me. I'm thinking, I want to get through with that singing. I got to preach here this morning. Something's got to have I've been when I bumped into him, but I want to tell you, if you'll reach for him, he'll be found of you. Then the last person was Jairus' daughter. Before they got to Jairus' house, here come the crowd that said, Jairus, it's too late. Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. But Jesus heard what they said. Now let me tell you, Jesus hears everything. He hears it when you praise him. And he hears it when you're negative. Jesus heard it and said, "Fear not. Only believe." Some of us are waiting on a dissertation. Some of us are waiting on a heavenly catalog where we can pick out what we want. But all he has to do is speak a word. And I don't have time to walk that out through the New Testament. The times he just spoke a word. But he can just say, fear not, only believe. Went into Jairus' house. The mourners were there mourning. Professional mourners. They love to mourn. I've pastored several over the years. <laughs> if I get too mean, brother, you, you, you just stop me. I'm sorry. You don't have any people like this. But, uh, they mourned if it was hot. They mourned if it was cold. They mourned if it was loud. They mourned if it was soft. <laughs> and I think Jesus may have said something like this. Jairus, this your house? Yes. Will you make me Lord of your house? Yes. I declare your lordship over my house and family and I acknowledge your sovereignty over my family. Jesus said, all right, mourners, out. I want Peter, James, and John. I want worshipers. Get the mourners out. Bring me some worshipers. I'm about to do a miracle. God's looking for worshipers. If you need a miracle, worship him. Wideness of his mercy, little innocent child. Don't think for a moment that every baby that's been aborted, Jesus Christ, didn't care about, know about. That's the wideness of his mercy. Benny said they're they're not even a human being. The innocence, that's the wideness. Of his mercy, and Jesus walked into where she was lying. You know that story so well. Talitha Kumai, being interpreted, young lady, I send unto you, arise. And she sat up, and she walked. And Jesus said, Feed her. She'd fit with our crowd, wouldn't she? Yeah. Feed her. Point is this: if the Lord's done something in your life, feed that. Don't feed the negative. If God's done a miracle, if God saved you, if he's blessed you, talk about that. Feed that. It'll make a difference in your mental health and your spiritual health. A few verses and I'll be through here. Here is the wideness of his mercy. Romans five and six. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to do better. He didn't wait for us to start going to church. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's the wideness of his mercy. Romans 8, 32. He that did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Everything you needed came in Jesus Christ the Lord. Now let me kind of show you a picture if I can here. Psalms 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Lamentation said, His mercies are new every morning. And the Psalm says, Psalm 1172, His merciful kindness is great toward us. Now remember those three three verses. Surely mercy is following me. When I go to bed tonight His mercies follow me When I get up in the morning His mercies are new every morning And, and, and His merciful kindness Is great to His mercies aimed at me You see that? When He said His merciful kindness is great toward us It means His mercies aimed at you he has you in focus. He has you in the scope for His mercy. His, his, his mercy is everlasting, the Bible tells us, and endures forever. I want to close with this Blind Bartimaeus. Set by the wayside begging. You know that story well. Jesus is passing by and he cries out, Jesus of Nazareth, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and called him to himself. himself. Jesus of Nazareth, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. I tell you, that's a good prayer to pray right there. And Jesus stood still and called him to himself. If you want his attention, call out for his mercy. The Bible says his mercy endures forever amen I want to close with, with a story and I, I don't know if we could if you can turn the live stream off or not if you can I'd like for you to if you can't it's okay I had a member of my family who died just a few months ago and uh, he he had been a mean person And uh, he came down very, very sick. Probably, he's probably close to 70 years old. And uh, the Lord gave me a dream. And I really didn't understand it. I prayed about it. Gail helped me. We prayed about it. Finally, I felt like it was for me to go and minister to this person. He had made our family gatherings miserable. Miserable. And I don't go into a lot of detail. Probably most family here have, got, here have one like that. And, and, and there was times I thought, you know, he's gonna get what he deserves. But when he came down, it was very low. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said you got to go talk to him. I didn't know if he'd curse me or asked me to leave. But the, the the Lord spoke to me very seriously in that dream. So I called the wife and said I want to come. She said Go ahead and come on. I don't know what he'll do, what he'll say. Huge man, about six six, foul in many ways with his conversation. But I walked in that day, knocked on the door, the door, and he was lying in the hospital bed. When I looked at him, he looked up and he smiled, and I knew the Lord was paving the way. I went over and talked to him a few minutes, and first thing I did was apologize. I hadn't done him wrong in the way. I knew our brother Kent, but if I had, I wanted to make sure. And I was trying to get the door open and I began to talk to him and I said I'm sorry hadn't been a better family person I said I want to pray with you huge hands he reached over and took my hand and I began to pray prayer of salvation and help for him tears began to roll down his face He, he had Cursed, blasphemed, and we'll to be too descriptive. I would have thought he's headed for eternity lost. He'll never, he'll never be saved. But that day, he took my hand and wept as I prayed. I prayed the sinner's prayer, others prayed with him. I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't say that was the moment he was saved but he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Died about two weeks later. Tell you the mercy of God. We don't understand it, do we? We can't comprehend it. Don't give up on those loved ones. Don't give up on them. I don't care how far they are away from God, how mean they may be, how vile they may be. Don't give up because God's mercy is sufficient. Would you stand with me, please? There is a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea. Some of you here this morning probably have loved ones that you think they'll never be saved. They're too far gone. Refuse to let that thought anchor in your soul and spirit. His grace is sufficient. And his mercy is everlasting. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Say that with me. His mercy endures forever. His mercy, his mercy encompasses the local hospitals. His mercy encompasses the local jail. His mercy encompasses the the local bar room. His mercy encompasses your family and your workplace. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures a little grandchild who needs healing for their hearing. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. His mercy endures to your son that's lost. That's an alcoholic, and, and to your daughter that's away from God, or your husband that's a straight, his mercy endures forever. Say that with me with enthusiasm: his mercy endures forever.
2: Hallelujah! <laughs> Mm
1: -hmm. if you have a loved one in your family that needs mercy maybe it's you that needs mercy maybe the doctors have said that we've done all we can do maybe the banker has said you're broke, you're bankrupt nothing more we can help you with his mercy endures forever whether it's a Democrat or Republican in the White House, it doesn't matter. His mercy endures forever. Woo. If you have. A need this morning I want you to come to the front and we'll have prayer together would you just step out on the mercy of God not on the uh, on the, the sermon but on the mercy of God if you have a lost son or daughter that you want to bring to the altar this morning if you have a physical need you want to bring to the altar this morning amen if there's a if there's a financial need in your family you want to bring it to the altar this morning his mercy endures forever. The devil wants you to think it's over. God's not going to do anything. It's too long. It's too far. You'll be gone too long. No. His mercy is new this morning. His mercy is new this morning for you. And if you're not saved, if you're not saved, I invite you to come this morning. His mercy is everlasting. His mercies are new this morning. Come and give your heart to Jesus. If you need healing... His mercies are new for you today. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Pour your heart out to him. I'm not sure I can get to all of you to lay my hands on you. Some of you other saints, if you'll come and just lay your hands on these that are praying and let's pray with them this morning and thank God that his mercy endures forever. Heaven
2: is real and death is alive I wanna
1: Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. That was the cry of blind Bartimaeus, and he was healed. Cried out to him, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Thank you, Jesus thank you Jesus
2: Lord touch up this
1: morning Jesus
2: Jesus
1: son of David have mercy on me Jesus son of David have mercy on me thank you Jesus thank you Jesus glory 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 Congregation, pray it with me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Say it with us, congregation. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, for your mercy. Hallelujah, thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you for your merciful kindness. Thank you for your
2: mercy,
1: hallelujah. Thank you for that mercy, Lord. Thank you for that mercy, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 thank you. Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, Lord. Hallelujah, shatabakorabaha. Have mercy on me, Jesus, on my family. Have mercy on my children, my sons and daughters, my companion, my spouse. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy on my finances. On my health, dear God. Have mercy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your merciful kindness. Thank you for your merciful kindness. Thank you for your merciful kindness. kindness. Lord, it's great toward us. Thank you for that merciful kindness that is so great toward us. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that mercy, Lord. Thank you for that mercy, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Ah, yes. Glory, glory, glory. Bless you, Lord. Thank you for your merciful kindness. Bless the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord, for that mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Holy, holy, God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your merciful kindness which is great to warn us in the name of Jesus. Let your mercy encompass her life in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God, your mercy endures forever. His mercy endures
2: forever. Praise the Lord.
1: close with this one scripture. Hebrews 4 16, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, that we might come boldly before the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Say that with me, obtain mercy. Obtain mercy. You came to church today, you can obtain mercy. I better stay. Bless you. I tell you. Remember this. Is surely goodness and mercy follows me. His mercies are new every morning. And his merciful kindness is aimed at me. It's great toward me, the scripture says. So, I, I mean, it's, it's following me. It's be here in the morning when I get up. It's in front of me. And he's aimed his mercy right at me. I, I better slow down I'm about to shout I love this man right here I tell you I wish I was as big and strong as he is but and, and had as much hair as he's got but I, I love him he he is one of the top pastors in the church of God and and his family what a wonderful family I love you Kent. not I appreciate you.
0: Did you enjoy that message this morning? I looked it over to one of the staff members, and I won't tell you which one. But Josh said, "Boy, he still got it, don't he?" Oh, I knew he did. He he's always been a great preacher, a great studier, a student of the Word. And every, every time he preaches, he's so anointed. And I thank God that he obeyed the voice of the Lord this morning. Amen. You know, uh, Jeff been having tests run this week and getting reports and progged and all that. And he's got to go back next week. And I thought, well, next week, they're going to say, well, what in the world happened to you? And he's going to say, I ran into mercy. Amen. I just ran into mercy. We believe it. Amen hallelujah. We love you. We want you to come out tonight. We're going to have a great service. The Lord is moving. You never know when the waters are going to be troubled and when your miracle's going to come. Timing has everything to do with it. Continue. Never miss a service because our services are getting more mysterious every week and we just don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen. We thank God when, when uh, Brother Bristol was coming, I knew that quality of a man that I needed him to preach, and we just love him so much. And one more time, would you give him a hand of appreciation? He's going to travel back to Alabama tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.